Hi there, folks, and welcome back to another edition of Giant Talk. As you know, I am your host, Roger, uh, from Derby Giants. And uh, as is often the case, I love to speak to people that really interest me and do interesting work. Uh, yeah, there's always a connection with OKRs, uh, and I'm really pleased that we're ticking both those boxes today because I have my lovely colleague, Joe, with us. Hi there, Joe. Hey, Raj. Hello. And I'm hey. happy to tick those boxes as well. Excellent, excellent, <laughs> excellent. Now, we thought we'd do this because um, psychological safety is something that we've talked about a fair bit on the podcast, but maybe not so much, maybe perhaps more from the theoretical point of view, and you can bring some sort of practical hands-on experience mm. from working with clients on this. So I thought, you know, that always you know, kind of trumps <laughs> what it says in the, in, you know, in the theory books. Um, so, but before we launch into that, I'm aware that there's potentially some of our listeners that might not actually know um, what psychological safety is, or perhaps think mm-hmm. it's something that it's not. So can mm. we kind of kick off by um, just exploring a little bit about that? Oh, and also, sorry, I nearly forgot. Please do tell people what you do for us as well. <laughs> We're just assuming that everyone knows every giant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, yeah, like I said, I'm Joe. Um, I've been with Derby Giants now, coming up to three years this year. Um, primarily, my role now is looking after our OCAL Coach Academy. So I run it, make sure that everyone um, gets what they need from the academy, and we're making sure it's relevant. Um, but also do lots of consulting as well within sort of the projects in Derby Giants. So have come across, you know, quite interesting, I guess, experience in relation to psychological safety. Um, yeah. And as well, my background, you know, being in learning and development, training, I've come across it a lot in terms of how it impacts people, um, training, learning, all sorts of things. So, yeah, bringing lots of things to the table today, Rog. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So, yeah, look, why don't you tell us a little bit more about psychological safety itself? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think, first of all, like you said, there is a bit of a misconception sometimes when we introduce psychological safety with clients or work with clients and such to train it, that actually psychological safety is this thing where everyone's just really nice to each other, everyone um, just kind of, like there's that kind of codliness, I guess, within within a team yeah, or within soft a group and fluffy. Of yeah. 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 And it's and it's not. Um I mean, of course there's an element of, you know, well, there is an element of respect and and that kind of side of things. But really what psychological safety is, is about, you know, Timothy R. Clark from the leader factor kind of sums it up and explains it in a really nice way. Um, that it's basically a condition where human beings feel included yeah safe to learn yeah safe to contribute and yeah. safe to challenge the status quo all without fear of being embarrassed or marginalized or kind of punished in some way so it's being able to challenge the status quo and you know kind of references this um thought of increasing intellectual friction so we're, mm-hmm. we're getting that intellectual friction amongst team members um but without having that social friction. So, you know, me and you, Raj, we could have an mm. intellectual conversation. We could disagree. We could, um, yeah. you could bring something to the table and I could really disagree with that idea or that thing that you've brought to the table. But it doesn't mean that me and you have 
no, know, no, socially exactly. fell out. You know, we could still go for a gin after or whatever we want to do. That's that's <laughs> fine. Um, but it's about making sure that we are, if we are disagreeing with an idea and we're seeing things that come up, that we feel safe that we can challenge that. And that's where we get that true creativity, innovation. Um, and without it, you're never going to really challenge the status quo. And you're, yeah, you're, and, I guess people are just going to be too uh, too nervous, perhaps, about making that contribution, either because they don't feel like they'll be listened to, or maybe they've seen others try in the past and they've been slapped down. Um, there's a whole host yeah. of reasons why they might be reluctant to. So many things. And I think as well, with psychological safety, you know, those people feeling safe enough to do that, so safe to contribute or challenge the status quo, it can take quite a while for teams to build that. So build that, yeah. you know, what Timothy Arcart refers to as challenger safety, um, because it it takes building up those habits of okay, we've we've challenged someone, we've challenged an idea, nothing bad yeah. happened to me, or nothing <laughs> bad happened to that other person that you know did it, but it can take a long time to build, but it can go in an instant. So yeah. as soon as somebody then feels reminded of a time or a place where they didn't feel safe, that's mm. it. You've kind of gone straight back to well, I'm not doing that again. Um, <clears throat> and it can be quite a scary thought for some people. I guess. Essentially, it's about building trust, isn't it, mm -hmm. in that respect? And I suppose one of the things which leaders and managers have to tackle is when they get new members of the team joining, you know, whilst it, there may be a high level of psychological safety within the team that they're joining, perhaps previous scars, previous experiences from mm. elsewhere, they still carry with them. So they still might need to build up that trust as well. So, you know, yeah. just because it's there doesn't mean that it's there for everyone, does it? No, exactly. And and it and again, it's about yeah, that person, like you just said, there could be bringing up old scars, could be bringing up you know their own situations or experiences that could end up also, in some instance, maybe rocking the team as well. So the team yeah. could feel really psychologically safe, but they're actually somebody else coming into that team. Oh, actually, can I, can I say this to that person? They're going to yeah. take it the wrong way. Oh, they've, you know, and it, and it can it can change the whole dynamics of the team. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Which I guess is really, and you see it happen as well. You see it happen in maybe going slightly off topic here, but say if we're running a workshop. So if you're running a workshop, like a, a any sort of workshop, go car setting or, or whatever that looks like. You might be working with one team and you might be getting lots of different ideas, lots of people speaking up, lots of people saying things. As soon as somebody else comes into that session, yeah, it can yeah. really... It can close things down can, again, can't it? You can feel it as well. Mm. You can feel when, okay, that's, that's different. Like, you know, people were challenging each other, people were saying things, and now, you know... I don't mean to say a CEO because the CEO is the person that always, you know, um, disrupts things, but say a CEO then comes into that workshop and, you know, everyone just falls silent. You kind of yeah. think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you want to say the wrong thing and not in front of the boss? Yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, damage, damage my prospects. Yeah, exactly. Um, mm -hmm. So talking of bosses, talking of leaders, mm. right? There are, Plenty of leaders, and I would say I've worked for a few of them myself in, over the years, who kind of really like managing people through a healthy bit of fear. So they are the ones who are kind of right at the minimal end of psychological safety, but reckon that they still get results. So, okay, you know, all the research shows does that psychological safety really does make a difference, but 
just just why should leaders care now why should they care about this now yeah i i think it's a a good question (laughs) uh i think it's around you know why should leaders care well one i think first of all it's a bit of a tough market out there in terms of jobs at the minute and actually if, if i'm a i'm an employee and i'm looking maybe for i'm not happy in my job or i'm not um you know I'm looking elsewhere for something. I'm going to then match up what I'm doing now to maybe something else. And if that doesn't quite match up with, if I'm if i like, I don't feel safe in this job, I feel like I've got low levels of um, respect or, or whatever in my job and I'm not able to kind of contribute, I'm not able to do things, that could, that could push people out of a job, like, ultimately. Um, but also what we're trying to do is build people's autonomy and yeah. build up this... I guess um, freedom, where people don't feel like they're just being micromanaged, and they and they can kind of do their roles without, you know, being told what to do every every five seconds. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So empowerment but, is what you're talking about there, isn't it? Yeah, massively. Um, you know, and that kind of links again to to OKRs. You know, what we want to do is make sure that people feel as though you've got a clear de- end destination. You've got that clear outcome that you want if you like and you're allowing other people that opportunity to say hang on a minute hey i i can contribute to that i can i can do something here yeah um, and you yeah you're giving that yeah that autonomy that empowerment to other people um because without it all you all you all you're going to be doing all the time as a leader is just telling everyone what to do all the time mm-hmm. so as a leader why should i care well i want to kind of give other people the, the chance to do things so and again, as a leader, I can kind of then hopefully take things off my plate. I'm not having control over absolutely everything. Um, and you're yeah. not kind of always being looked to as that person that makes every single decision. You know, you're providing other people with the opportunity to do that. Yeah, and, and I, it would be really interesting to see if there's any data out there that can, that can show a correlation between organisations with um, high levels of psychological safety mm. and attrition rates I mean, actually, this takes me back to something I read um, that was published by Google a few years ago, and they've they've got their own internal organizational consultancy called Rework. And when they asked, you know, high performing teams across the business, what's the what's the one characteristic of a, 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 a of a team that makes it high performing? They said psychological safety. Mm. Now, okay, Google is a very very innovative experimental organization. Yeah, I've just said Google and my phone's just <laughs> burst into life. <laughs> um, uh, <clears throat> that, they're a very innovative uh, experimental organization. So you want to, uh, they they want to encourage those ideas and those those mm. those crazy curveballs coming forward. So I can imagine why psychological safety is right at the top of the agenda for them. But it's just it's interesting, you know, in terms of how they define high performance, which is a lot of ideation work and you know a lot of innovation work. You know, if if you're serious about that, what I'm hearing is it's good, you, you know you cannot afford to overlook psychological safety at all. No, and it and it. And actually, um, so there be giants. We run a, a scan by the fearless organisation that we've kind of been trained through. And actually, mm. one of this it's a PSI scan, and there is huge correlation between actual team effectiveness. It's a it's a if you have like a really high PSI scan, so where the the team feels safe and feels um, 
you know, safe within the team, yeah. there is that kind of high leading indicator from your scan that you're going to have a very effective team because actually right. you've got a team that wants to challenge each other, that um, has high safety, high levels of psychological safety when it comes to like attitude towards risk and failure, uh-huh. um, attitude to like asking for help, that kind of stuff. And if we're seeing high levels of that, then also we're seeing high levels of team effectiveness. Um, whereas if you're going to see really low levels on that scan, and again, you, you're not, and if we're speaking to that kind of um, testing, learning, adapting, we're not getting that testing part. So people aren't yeah. testing, they're not learning, so then we're not adapting. So we're not kind of iterative um, in our approach. So mm. Interesting. Interesting. Mm. I, I, I remember reading as well, um, I think it was one of Amy Edmondson's books, uh, her example of how um, she 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 managed to draw a line between low levels of psychological safety and huge, huge bottom line hit to an organization. Uh, and she cited the example of uh, Volkswagen and Dieselgate in America uh, because the CEO at that time, chap called Ferdinand Pich, brilliant engineer, <laughs> had been there, you know, at the forefront of German automotive engineering for a good few decades, uh, and w- well worthy of that CEO role. However, his attitude and approach was very um, autocratic uh, and often, you know, leveraging fear um, <clears throat> and threats. And unfortunately, no one really felt safe enough to turn around to him and mm. say, "When you, you know, when you, even though you've made America the number one target market for us." Um, America doesn't really um, uh, consume diesels like uh, like 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 Europe does, uh, and consequently, in order to get get under the, the the level of the emissions regulations, particularly in California, they had to create these defeat devices to to fool the emissions, and and as a result, and as a result of that, it cost them billions of dollars in America. Mm. And that was that primarily that was put down to the fact that nobody would actually stand up to him and say, we're not actually properly set up for, you know, um, for, for, for uh, trying to get into the US market in the way that we are, you know, in, in the models that we currently offer and the t- technologies that we currently have. So mm. really, really interesting, you know, arguably, I think there's other examples like NASA and so on and so forth with the shuttle disaster. There's, 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 you know where like hospital ones 100 percent. yeah yeah um I, I, you've got plenty of examples of where people have you know not felt because possibly because of status and seniority not felt mm-hmm. you know like a, a, a nurse didn't feel like they could challenge a, a physician in a uh, perhaps a, an operating theatre or something, and something seriously has gone wrong. Yeah, it's it's yeah. F- it's a fascinating area. It's a fascinating area. Um, it is, and I always end up in a bit of a rabbit hole in my brain when I think about it all. <laughs> and then next thing I'm like, oh wow, we've been in this conversation for however long, um, having a chat about it. And actually, just just on that, actually, that on that rabbit rabbit hole, um, <laughs> kind of um, segue. As you were talking, I kind of was thinking about something. Um, we said right at the start about this misconception as well with psychological safety. Yeah, and I've I've ran I've ran um, team kind of debrief sessions on psychological safety where we've had a conversation as a team based on like survey results. And actually, sometimes what happens is is kind of coming back to your point around why should leaders care about psychological safety growth 
Yeah. So leaders should care about psychological safety because, and I'm not just talking like business growth, I'm talking like individual growth. So I'm thinking about an example specifically in, in, in mind where, you know, this team, again, they were a great team, you know, lots of kind of fun between them, banter, you know, all that kind of stuff, like really pride themselves on kind of being a bit of a, I guess, a chatty team and fun team. And they'd gotten to a point where actually, you know, what I was kind of calling out and, and, and seeing was they, they were really good at kind of bigging each other up and being like, oh, you know, you do this really well and you do this really well. Da, 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 da. And they had a lot of sort of self-reflection of what they could do better. What I didn't see or, or a lot of what I felt was missing, and I called it out, was what they didn't do was tell each other maybe what they needed to improve on. And when right. I called it out, what the kind of leader was was saying was, oh, well, you know, we don't we don't really need to because actually what we're doing is, you know, no one really does anything wrong. So no one really does anything wrong, so we don't need to sort of speak about it. Um, we don't need people to say because no one does anything wrong or, you know, that kind of conversation. <laughs> actually, then what happened was when we were yeah. kind of then debriefing that and calling it out, other people in the team were like, well, actually, I, I'd really like to understand where I could do better and where I could right. improve. Yeah. But because in that team they didn't they didn't quite understand what psychological safety was or like what it really you know was all about is that they didn't want to hurt each other's feelings. So they didn't right. want to say to you like oh Rod you know I think X Y Z you could do this better. They thought that, that might hurt someone's feelings. So it's like well, mm. well no actually the other person sat there going I'd love to know what I could improve on because I right. want to grow. Yeah. I want to do something differently and better. But no one's no one's telling me, you know, so yeah. if I think I'm doing everything perfectly, how am I going to grow? How am I going to improve? Um, yeah. So I know that was a little bit of a rabbit hole, a little bit of a... No, I like, think that's entirely of, relevant, Joe. I do mm. think that's entirely relevant because, I mean, you, what you're doing is you, you, you're helping our listeners kind of un- get a, a little bit of an insight into, you know, the work that you've been doing with the teams actually on psychological safety and, mm-hmm. you know, helping them to get their heads around it, what it is and what it isn't, and, and perhaps enabling them to make some breakthroughs. I mean, your point about growth, for for all not just for the business not just for the team but also for the individuals that goes back to carol dweck's work on growth mindset and yet being such an important part of organizations now and i'm i'm, I'm going to quote an, another one here you know mcgregor and doshi when they do the when they, they they did their really important work on the different types of performance where you've got tactical and adaptive and it's actually adaptive performance nowadays which is what makes the difference. Everybody can kind of hit the targets and do the numbers and hit the quotas, and that's just that's just you know that that's that that's that's baseline performance. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we do. It's those that can uh, that that can adapt, adjust, and as they go through that process, learn and continue to iterate. And it's that which makes the biggest difference in 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 modern organisations and workplaces. Yeah. Which mm. is why it complements the OKR methodology so well, Rog. Well, um, funny you should say that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, so is there anything more that you could tell us about the work that you've done with clients on psychological safety? You've given that, that great example about that, that team getting that insight. But is there is there anything else that you can share with us? Any other nuggets? Yeah, I mean, so, you know, the work that I do is... Um, not just kind of going in and running team debriefs and scans um, and actually using actual data and results to to kind of debrief um, psychological safety within teams and kind of um, start conversations. 
although that is a that is where you see a lot of really interesting conversations to be honest and really uh, a lot of in-depth um insightful reflections and yeah. conversations come up um you know i can talk a little bit about that if you if you go want for it. Go for it. yeah go for it. so what we do is we go into like i said it's uh through you know we've, we've gone through course and been certified in a fearless organization scan where we go in we run the scan survey it's a really simple survey it's got seven questions and we split it into four different domains and what that gives us is information and data on four different kind of domain areas of, of linked to psychological safety and that enables us to one as a consultant you know kind of build a bit of a hypothesis paint a bit yeah, of a picture yeah from these yeah. scan results and um, bear in mind some of these teams we've never worked with and um, we yeah. know, only know a little bit about we then kind of go back to the team share the results share a bit of this hypothesis start the conversation and then what that does is you just kind of facilitate and build on that yeah and then by the end of that debrief session that that team session we hold each other to or, you know they hold each other to account of actually what are they going to do differently and what are they going to do as a team to ensure that actually we're building on these areas that need need support and we link it all back to business goals as well Roger. you know we, we, right. we kind of say right at the start for us to if we want to increase psychological safety this is where we this is the reason we want to do it because we want to see an improvement in these sort of areas you know one team um actually quite quite without even the link being there to begin with they were seeing a dip in creativity right. and like innovation and then again from all the scan results it was when we kind of came to it actually it was you could really see the link and you could really understand actually where it was falling short so again we were able to really tangibly kind of make those links um in terms of what we could then do as a team to improve that and to support people to get creativity and in reach you know the goals that you you want to see mm. um so that's one element sort of going in and running scans and surveys and, and team debriefs other element you know we as i'm sure some of the listeners will know we you know have the OCAR coaches so we train people in actually how to support psychological mm. safety as well train leaders as well when we do the consulting making sure that leaders are kind of leading from the front i guess and sure. role modeling psychological sure, safety. Sure, sure, sure. um yeah, I, I don't know what else really. So, um, so, so when you're when you're training, when you're doing the training on the um, uh, on the coach academy, and you're introducing psychological safety, do you see light bulbs suddenly switch on? Oh, or yeah. Is this is this something which they've kind of always sensed and always knew, but never really known, so to speak? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. again, you have those conversations where you, and again, I always, you know, I had a wise colleague um, who, you know, from Giants actually taught me. You know, with psychological safety, we've got lots of different models, got lots of different kind of things that we can draw on. One, the first thing she always said to me was, one, all models are false, but some are helpful. So one, it's like we're saying, you know, <laughs> kind of take value from what you can from them. We're not saying this is, this is you know, gospel, this yeah. is exactly what it is. Um, so that was the first thing. So it's about going, right, using this kind of model or using this thing and what can we take from that and going, hmm, I wonder if something is going on. So we're not using a model or using a framework or using whatever to diagnose things, but we're using it as a tool to kind of give us some grounds to go, this is showing up. So this yeah. behavior is showing up or this reaction is showing up. 
yeah. I wonder if something is going yeah. on for that person and you kind of go down this route of um, exploring it rather than going, that person isn't challenging, so they don't have challenger safety, you know, and kind of going down yeah, that yeah, diagnostic yeah. route. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, when we have these conversations, people are going, actually, yeah, you know, little things, Roger, like how if you go into a conversation expecting the worst and not giving somebody that kind of um, benefit of the doubt, you're yeah. entering that conversation already maybe with your backup and then that's going to yeah. get the other person's backup. Um, yeah. And all these sorts of things, when we talk about psychological safety and encouraging people and um, supporting other people, again, you have all of these kind of, like you said, light bulb moments, mm-hmm. people go, oh, yeah, actually, if I'd have thought about that in a different way in that situation, maybe I would have got a different response. Um, as you can probably yeah. tell, Roger, I, I get quite passionate about this. Yeah, no, I can see. You know, you, it, to be honest with you, Joe, you, you, I, I see in you what was in me about sort of a good 15 years plus ago around the principle of emotional intelligence, mm. actually. Um, and looking at, EQ and psychological safety together. I see that psychological safety. I don't know whether the the authors, whether Tim Clark would disagree with this, but I kind of see it as almost like a an evolution of some of the really important principles of 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 emotional intelligence. You know, if you're if you're going to develop um, uh, and encourage strong psychological safety in the team or the organization that you follow, you can't really do that if you don't have good emotional intelligence, if you can't read people, if you can't create you know, a situation where people are going to feel safe and uh, uh, to, to, to challenge and speak up and so on and so forth. So I think there's, I think there's definitely, I can, I, I'm seeing in my mind a bit of a Venn diagram with, with a, with a, a quite a lot of overlap, I think, rightfully mm. so. Yeah. yeah, I do love a good Venn diagram sort of yeah. model. I can yeah. think of a few actually that would would match quite well as well in terms yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I see where you're going with that. <clears throat> so we've talked about it in a really, really positive light so far. Okay, mm. and I don't think there's any argument that. Uh, good, genuine psychological safety is uh, has so many benefits. I don't think I don't think I, I, I've, I've yet to find anyone arguing against it. However, have you ever found that perhaps it's misused in some way, or have you heard of it being misused in some way? Mm, good question. Perhaps where um, le- leaders might actually try and fake it if they're not actually being genuine. Yeah. Um, I think, I think. First of all, I know that there's a couple of bits of research kind of done about this. Yeah. Um, you know, and kind of reading reading about it. But I think, first of all, I think the point is, first of all, leaders sometimes might not want to. I don't want to say fake it, but more again, they don't understand it. Yeah. And then yeah, they're tr- they're trying that. to they're trying to do it in a way that maybe then doesn't doesn't marry up and doesn't come across as authentic 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 there's, yeah there's not that kind of um congruence so I, you know i'm, I'm kind yeah. of saying something I'm, I'm, I'm doing something and then people are kind of going well that's not that's not what i mean you yeah, know like yeah, yeah. An, an example from an, an article would have been you know asking everyone or everyone knowing that you know full well what the answer is or know full well what you're going to do but still inviting others to kind of think about it without actually saying well i i've got thoughts i've got ideas mm. or whatever and you're still inviting people because people then are going to 
be kind of saying things like or thinking things where where it's like, well, I know that they know what they're going to do anyway. So what's the point of me saying yeah. what I'm going to do? Because they're just going to go off and do their own thing anyway, and that's what they always do, you know. So I think there's kind of a I don't know if fake it is a is a strong word. I think it's that people don't necessarily understand how to use it to its you know to ha- how it's kind of intended. Um, what I mean, what are your thoughts, Raj? So the the the, um, the one that I think I've seen a number of times without perhaps realising it, but I've I've observed it in in leaders that I've either worked alongside uh, or or even worked for at times is when they ask for feedback, but actually they're just kind of paying lip service to it, and you mm. know that nothing's going to happen with it. Um, yeah. and what's the point? And that's usually when you can hear a pin drop if if if, if there's a sense that that's what's going to happen. That that usually means that it's not forthcoming, um, yeah. or Pete, or someone just says, "Well, what's the point?" Mm-hmm. Uh, I know. I, actually, I can give you. I can give you an example. So, <clears throat> back in my corporate days, when I used to manage a big logistics and engineering operation, I took over, um, uh, particularly the engineering part. After they'd had successive managers, um, they'd had like three or four managers over the space of two years. And the very first question I got was, well, how long are you going to be here for? Um, and and I had a real uphill challenge to get them, to win them over basically and get them to, to trust me that I would, you know, be true to my word. Uh, and, um, uh, and eventually I managed to build, I, I mean, I didn't use the term at the time because I wasn't aware of the principle, but looking back, I can see how I actually managed to build a psychologically safe environment because we actually the mechanism, interestingly, that I used for that was I brought in um, lean production management into the operation. And a lot of that focuses on root cause analysis. So where there's issues that go wrong, it's not about blaming. It's about getting to the root cause of it so that we can re-engineer the process so that it doesn't happen again. And uh, yeah, I can, looking back now, I can see how that was a real culture change, culture shift for them away from um, you're all fucking useless, which was basically mm-hmm. what the um, uh, what 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 the uh, the previous leaders had said to them. Because I remember actually one of them saying to me, why should we bother? We always get blamed, whether it's our fault or not. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, and, and through and, and through sort of taking that different approach and using, you know, all right, it doesn't have to be lean, but it just so happened that that's what the company was was signed up to at the time. And uh, on reflection, I can see how that started to build the psychological safety that we needed to really... And, and, you know, the bottom line impacts of, of all that work was that we managed to start to win the confidence of the wider organization back because they were getting blamed for everything previously. And they, um, we started to open up new revenue streams because we could, we, our, our core business was, start, was, was, in de- was in slow decline. And we knew that we needed to diversify, otherwise I was going to have to lay people off. So I was able to redeploy their skills, repackage the services that were offered by the the uh, the, the, the um, 
the, 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 the division and go out there and you know get new new business from within the organization because that's how it worked we provided services to the to, to the organization so um, yeah so there was a you know there was a direct bottom line benefit to it as well. Powerful one there as well. Yeah, okay. I, you know, I hadn't even thought of that. <laughs> it just popped into my head. So there you go. And I'm supposed to be nice. one interviewing you. <laughs> I think you've been a coach on, eh, much? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, so let's 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 wrap things up then. So, what would you say to uh, any of our listeners that were thinking, "Oh, crumbs, I could probably do with." Um, improving the psychological safety a bit in my in my team or my area. Um, what, what would you what would you say to them? I'd first of all think about where they actually think the rest of the team are in, yeah. in relation to psychological safety. So have they picked up on things where people are falling silent? You know, in meetings, in workshops, um, are we noticing that maybe certain people are dominating conversations? Are there people that? Um, maybe i don't know see this is almost seem to be not i want to say passive aggressive but not in a term that um in the in the workplace i mean so say passive aggressive is if to say i'm going to do that project or i'm going to do yeah. that task but then just never do it or i'm going to go to that meeting and then never turn up to that meeting so i'd start to try and first of all understand where your team are at so where where are people what are people displaying yeah. And then from that, you can start to then build on it. So again, using that kind of, hmm, I wonder if something, one, is going on for that person that I could support, or two, what am I doing as a leader that could din- diminish psychological yeah. safety? You know, am I, am I being authentic? Am I being congruent in my behavior, in my thoughts? Um, so yeah, I, I would kind of, I guess, again, I'm going around the houses here, but one, do a bit of reflection. Think about the, the behaviors that are showing up in your team, the things that are coming up. Yeah, and then do a little bit of reflection on yourself as well in terms of are you authentic and and are there areas that you can support psychological safety? Are you inviting challenge? Are you setting clear parameters around kind of roles and responsibilities for people in your team mm. to provide autonomy? Um, are you making it an environment where people can learn that learning is encouraged? Um, mm. Again, I've gone off on a tangent, Rog, sorry, but there's so many different things. But I think overall, just do a bit of reflection. Do a bit of reflection um, and think about how you can support it. Okay. All right. And if anybody wanted to reach out to find out more about the work that you do and the psychological safety scan, which you mentioned, how can they do that? Um, you could go to our website and book a call. Um, so the have you... Do you usually put the link in, Rog? Yeah, or... we'll put the link in the show notes, but most people know uh, yeah. know, know where we are. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so they yeah just just go to therebegiants.com and you'll, uh, you'll you'll find you'll find a multitude of ways to to, to <laughs> yeah. reach out. To reach out. Joe, thank you so much for uh, lending me your time. Uh, yeah. I know you're no, super busy you. with our clients, and it's always um, good to have a convo. Yeah, it's always good to to have a catch up. So. Just want to say thank you to uh, all our listeners. Uh, it's really great that you've tuned in. Uh, there'd be no point in doing it otherwise, and we always um, uh, appreciate your, uh, uh, your your time. We are going to start soon doing some uh, request shows. So if you've got any questions about OKRs uh, and you're uh, perhaps wanting a bit of advice, a bit of a Q&A, 
Um, we're playing with that idea at the moment, so watch this space, uh, and we're working out the best way for you to send in your your questions to us. Um, but uh, yeah, hopefully something new coming. Okay, so that's all, right. all for now, and I'll see you again on another Giant Talk very soon.